Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We are live and local here in Richmond from 12 to 3 p.m. Before I kick it over to my guys, Grant and Danny in Washington, D.C. They are on until 6.30 every day. That's 3 to 6.30. But you guys know every day at 1 p.m. we open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910. You could be the quarterback of this segment on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for a special edition of the Richmond Commander is Grant Paulson. What's going on, GP? How are you? Good to talk to you again, bud. What's a- going on? Absolutely. So let's get right into it. And our buddy Michael Phillips just sent me an email, and the email said, a lost opener is a lost year. Do you agree with him for the Commander's Week Whoa. 1? No, I'm not going to say it's a lost year after one game in the first week of the season, but Ron Rivera's staff needs this game. There's no doubt about it. And Ron Rivera is going into year four. They've had two losing seasons in an 8-8-1 eight, eight, year. So if they lose week one to the Arizona Cardinals without a quarterback, a team that's got one of the worst rosters in the league, at home, all the juice, excitement, sellout, everyone wearing burgundy and gold, first game post-insider era, inexcusable. They've got to win the football game. It's an ought-to-have-it, got-to-have-it kind of game. And if they lose, all bets are off at that point. But they obviously have 17 weeks and 16 games to make up for week one. So it wouldn't ruin the season, but it would start it very poorly. I know you posted the Pat McAfee clip yesterday. We talked about it earlier on our show. And, you know, it's funny. He's been all eyes on the commanders last week on his show. He's talking about the rocket from Sam Howell in preseason game against the Ravens. And now he believes that Ron Rivera has lost his fastball. Do you agree, Grant? Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know what his fastball was, at, at one, you know, initially, to, to be honest with you. And I, that sounds condescending, and I don't mean it that way. Like, let me start by saying I'm a Ron Rivera guy in that I, I like him personally. I think he's a good human being. I think he is a fine coach. I think he's somewhere between, like, mid and whatever's one notch above that. Uh, very, very mediocre. The results kind of bear that out. I mean, the bottom line is he's been a head coach in the league for 12 years. He's had, I believe, nine seasons where he hasn't had a winning record at this point. So you had Cam Newton on a heater when he was the MVP of the league, NFC championship winner, and a Super Bowl appearance at 15-1. and one. You kind of take that out of the equation, and the results are what they are, man. I don't know what to say of it. The, the, the roster build here has been very slow. I think it's been a success they're a better team with deeper roster than when he got here but at some point you got to win football games and at the most important position he's botched things 
he's gotten a few things at the podium, you know, either wrong or, or that just make him look bad. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a sign that he's losing his fastball, but I do think he certainly uh, had a harder time dealing with the media here than in a much smaller market in Charlotte. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, we know Grant Paulson still has his fastball and a slurve and a changeup. As everybody still talks about your question from last year when Ron Rivera didn't know his team was eliminated. So take me back to that moment again for a second here because, it, you know, Pat McAfee pointed it out also. It's just some of these things where Ron Rivera speaks to the media and it's almost like he doesn't think about what he's going to say. Well, I think, honestly, what I've now watching him day in and day out for the better part of a few years, I think he just speaks too much. And this is me analyzing him kind of putting his foot in his mouth regularly, more than it is me as a media member being upset about this. Because I like folks who answer questions and provide candor in general. But he says the quiet part out loud way too often, right? I mean, let's say somehow, some way. You got through a game in week 16 or 17, not knowing last year that you could have been eliminated, which should have been impossible. What an outrage that is anyway. You just can't let anyone else know. That, that should be a secret you take with you to your grave at that point, right? I mean, the same thing I would say about the enemy comments earlier this offseason. We should have never found out that some players were bothered, that their feathers were ruffled because of how hard enemy coaches them. The worst comment I thought of among you know, the, the answer he gave there was about how Jack Del Rio is essentially, you know, more friendly to the players right. or, or easier to work with because he's been a coach before and the enemy will learn as if to say it was very much like a pat on the head, like you're just a coordinator. You don't get it. So I thought that was bad. I didn't like that. He kind of let the very private thing that had happened in his office with players coming and talk to him, their issues get public either. I, th- I thought it was just a bad look all the way around. So it's not as much to me that like he doesn't prepare or doesn't know what he's supposed to say. I think at times he just starts talking, and and before you know it, he goes, "Whoops, should have said that." It's like his governor, or the guard that doesn't, you know, let you say things and get them out is broken sometimes. I think that's the issue. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. It's Grant Paulson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear GP alongside Danny Ruye every day from 3 to 6.30 right here on 910 The Fan. You know, you mentioned EB, Coach EB. What do you what do you make of Coach Eric Bieniemy's coaching style, and how would you compare his offense to Scott Turner? Well, I like his style fine. It's not what's popular in the league. It's not what players love. And it's, I would say, at least a minimal factor. It's, it's a non-zero reason why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet, to be completely honest with you. There are other reasons, right? And everyone points to whether or not race has played a, a massive factor for him. And, and I would have to say, you know, that's got to be in the conversation. But the fact that this guy is an old school, antiquated yeller and screamer and a hard ass at a time where players want to be friendly with coaches and don't want to be screamed at and want to be treated like professional men and not college players is, is certainly among the reasons why he hasn't gotten his shot. Um, you also just don't get credit when you're in the same room as some of the great offensive architects in the league, whether that's Andy Reid or you know, Sean Payton's assistant in New Orleans. I think his name's Pete Carmichael. That guy's been in New Orleans forever. He's never gotten a sniff as a head coach either. He's been the coordinator of Saints offenses all the way back to Drew Brees' heyday. So it's not like the enemy is, is alone in this. Uh, that having been said, I think it was kind of a necessary change of pace. You know, this is an offense that hasn't achieved in a long time. This is an offense 
that may have needed a little kick in the butt. I got no problem at all with how he coaches, not having to deal with it day in and day out and just watching it from afar. Uh, as far as his offense, I think it's going to be wildly successful uh, compared to you know, the scheme that they were running with uh, Scott Turner previously. We're going to see, I think, Adam, uh, how the players execute it, but they're going to join the 2020s now. You know, instead of a lot of the things that, whether it was Turner's idea or Rivera's ability to influence a young first-time play caller whose dad, Norv, you know, goes way back with Ron Rivera, and because of that, Turner kind of grew up around Ron Rivera. So you got a little ability to go in his office and tell him what to do. I don't think you're going to have that with an assistant head coach title with the enemy. He's going to get to do what he wants. and They're going to throw it on first down more. They're going to throw it on, on running downs and run it on passing downs. And just by doing that, which is a very Kansas City um, relevant and, and, and kind of chief staple of the last several years and a way to move the football in the league, I think they're going to be a lot better off. So I'm excited about the quick game, getting the ball to the quarterback's hands, throwing to set up the run. Some of the things that the good offensive teams in this league have been doing for many years and under Rivera, Washington got away from. Washington is 11 days away from week one where they will host the Arizona Cardinals. What's the bigger concern for week one, the health of Logan Thomas or the health of Chase Young? I'll say Logan Thomas only because I think they're deeper at defensive end. If Chase Young doesn't play, as you saw last year, there was still a good defense. Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams were adequate replacements. They don't play at the level of Chase Young's upside, but you know those guys are fine against the run. They're pretty responsible. They're in the right place. They do what the coach asks. They occasionally can get some pressure on the quarterback and push the pocket a little bit. They also now have pass rushers that they drafted in K.J. Henry and Dre Jones in rounds five and seven who might be able to get to the quarterback at end. They can kick F.A. Opata outside if they need to at you know, close to uh, a handful of sacks, four or five sacks last year. So I just think the depth at the position allows you to get by a little easier. It's also been two years, basically, since Chase Young was impactful, if you think about it. I mean, last year he came back for a few games and, and basically was getting his sea legs back under him and wasn't noticeable. The year before that, he was very, very uh, average and kind of, uneventful stat lines strung together one after another for a half season. Then he tore his ACL. So it's been since his rookie year, three seasons ago when he had seven and a half sacks and really helped the defense that he was a difference maker in the case of Logan Thomas. If he doesn't go, you've got Cole Turner running those routes. Who's got two career catches, John Bates, who's just a blocker primarily then being asked to help at the tight end position. And the other guy is Curtis Hodges, who I wouldn't have even kept on the team. Uh, based on how many drops he had in camp in the preseason. Well, they've got to win week one because there's so much energy and excitement right now surrounding this franchise because they are no longer owned by Dan Snyder. And if they want to keep the energy going, they've got to win week one. And you had one of the coolest moments in radio about a month ago when Josh Harris called into your show. Have you spoken to the new owner since then, Grant? No, that was it. Our quick little several-second conversation when he called in to buy everybody beers <laughs> who was listening at our two parties, both at a brewery out near the facility in Ashburn and at the bullpen in the Navy Yard by Nats Park where we had a massive bash on that evening that went deep into the night until they kicked us out a little after 10 o'clock. But uh, he called in. He bought the beers. It was a baller move. It was really, really cool. But I have not yet spoken to him since. I've seen him at a couple games, but as you imagine – it's hard to uh, get an audience with him right now. Everybody in town wants to, and, and you got to be a lot more powerful, uh, influential, and, and deeper pocket guy than, than me. Than, 
he's talking to governors, you know, and, and movie stars and, and minority owners and former NBA greats. He, he's not that interested in this portly bearded fellow right now. <laughs> That's GP Grant Paulson. You can hear Grant and Danny from 3 to 6.30 right here on 910 The Fan. What you guys got going on today? We've got the shortest show that's ever short-showed. Uh, we've got a 30-minute show and then that's baseball today. So we're going to pack a punch, my guy. We're sitting in studio here. It took us longer to drive to the studio than it's going to take us to host the show today. But uh, we're going to go around the NFL with some headlines and uh, basically give some of our thoughts on uh, the practice squad that the commanders are starting to put together. Awesome, man. Good speaking with you. You too, bro. Be yep. good. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein, AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So we've been talking Hokies throughout the show today. We'll continue that conversation with Bill Roth, who joins us every Wednesday here on 910 The Fan for the Cowan Gates Hokies update. He's the play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies, and we're proud to be the home for the Hokies here in Richmond as they begin their season Saturday night with Old Dominion Coming to Lane Stadium. You can hear that right here on 910 The Fan, Saturday night at 8 p.m. We'll talk high school football with Zach Joaquin at 2 p.m. He's the high school reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And then we drive down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, who will begin his 30th season calling high school football games tomorrow night. That can be heard on 1140 AM WRVA at 7 p.m. But right now I wanted to get back into the Commanders with a little Commanders Corner on AWOD Radio. So we we mentioned the audio earlier about Pat McAfee saying that Ron Rivera has lost his fastball. And there's been a lot of talk about Washington starting the season against the Arizona Cardinals and whether or not week one is a must win. And... You know, part of me thinks, you know, I'm going over the top here. Look, there's 17 weeks in the NFL season. I'm sure there have been plenty of teams that win a Super Bowl after starting the season 0-1. But this is an Arizona Cardinals team that doesn't have a quarterback. They just traded for Josh Dobbs. They have a fifth-round draft pick who's a rookie who will be going up against another fifth-round draft pick in Sam Howell. Your defense is supposed to be better. Uh, the Cardinals have been releasing players left and right, trading big p- parts of their offense and defense left and right. They're pretty much going to be crappy for Caleb. They are all in for Caleb Williams. I think that they are going to eventually move on from Kyler Murray some point this season as well. I just don't see him sitting out the entire season and not playing, and I don't think the Cardinals want to play him because they kind of want to tank, in my opinion. Um, so Michael Phillips, who we have on the show all the time as a commander's insider, He hit me up this morning and said, a lost opener is a lost year. It is a lost season for the Commanders. You can chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We have the Sports Junkies on our airwaves every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. And Johnny Cakes Allville, Cakes on the Junkies, had this to say of what he would do if Washington lost their season opener. Let's roll the clip. If Clayton Toon... Brings the team in here 
and beats what's supposed to be a top five or top ten defense, if I were Josh Harris, I would seriously consider firing everyone. <laughs> I fire everyone. Just walk in after. This is unacceptable. I'm the new sheriff in town. This performance, unacceptable. All of you turning your key cards. I don't think you're serious. I'm dead serious. You wouldn't do it. If it were Cakes Harris? You wouldn't do it. If it were Cakes Harris? You wouldn't Clint, do it. You wouldn't Clint, turn your organization yes, upside down. You know down. why? You know why? Because there's no upside to keeping Ron Rivera around anyway. He's a buffoon. I would fire Rivera. And I would probably fire Del Rio because unacceptable for your defense to be beaten by a fifth-round rookie or whatever Clayton Toon Well, is. I mean, the defense could play well, and the offense could suck. I would be irrational, and I would <clears throat> walk in and fire everybody. And I would just toss the keys to the enemy and say, here's your audition to be head coach. Here it is. You have uh, 16 games remaining. Best of luck to you. I'm dead serious. If they, the Cardinals beat my team that I just paid $6 billion for and embarrassed, embarrassed me yeah. on national television, I would fire everyone. Yeah, because all the time, this, this staff, is, they're, they're not long for this world here in Washington. What am I waiting for? I'm just going to pull the ripcord. Honestly, what's Ron doing anyway? Jack's running the defense. The enemy is running the offense. He's the president. Ron's just standing there with his arms folded, uh, dropping stupid comments all the time, which we'll get into later. Do you agree with Cakes from the Junkies? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. What happens if they lose week one to the Cardinals? So, I, I love Cakes. I love the hot take. I, I love the just getting ready to tear the organization down because he spent $6.05 billion for it. But, Cakes, you simply can't fire everyone. You can't do that. If you lose week one, I want Ron Rivera gone. I want a clean house and start all over. I would be so upset. I wouldn't even want to do the radio show on Monday. I would be. It would be three hours of AWOD screaming that Ron Rivera sucks if we lose to the Cardinals. But you simply you can't fire everybody. You can't fire Ron Rivera because it would be a terrible look for Josh Harris. He just comes. He just takes over ownership, and you're gonna follow in the footsteps of Dan Snyder and throwing a fit and firing people. People would start calling him Josh Snyder. He absolutely can't do that. You can't do that. You can't fire Ron Rivera no matter what happens week one. Now, I will say, if you lose, knock on wood, that can't happen, right? We need the ratings. We need this team to win at least for the first couple weeks of the season. But if you lose, changes must be made. You have to make some kind of a change to your starting lineup. If you lose and it's because the offense struggled, well, let's swap some guys out of the offensive line. You drafted Ricky Stromberg. Let's get him in there. Charles Leno's not cutting it. Try someone else. Maybe it's Sadiq Charles. You have to make some kind of change offensively if that's the reason you lose, right? Defensively, if the Cardinals with a fifth-round draft pick coming in in his first NFL game were able to put up 20-plus points and they win the game, now defensively, I would say if we're in the business of firing people, I would look right at Jack Del Rio, who has been here long enough that this defense should be able to start the season hot. This defense has a ton of first-round draft picks on its side of the ball. They should be able to show up week one. It's as simple as that. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. What do you do if the Commanders lose week one to the Arizona Cardinals? If special teams is the reason they lose. Maybe it's a close game, it's hard fought, and the Commanders fall 10-9 to to the Cardinals because Joey Sly misses a kick. Well, then I, I would be okay with bringing in a few other kickers and having a kicking competition. 
I just don't think you can fire Ron Rivera if you lose week one. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Zach, who do we have on the line right now? Patrick from Richmond. Patrick from Richmond. You're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, buddy? Hey, Wild. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What are your thoughts on this topic? Hey, yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to talk about week one. Uh, I know it's a, it's a big game. We seem like uh, if we lose that, it's almost got to throw in the towel. But um, I wanted to call in some positivity and give you my take. Uh, I got I got the Commanders. I got us going four and zero. You know, I'm I'm looking at the schedule. I think we take Week One. Uh, then we got to go to Mile High. Honestly, I think we win. I think we're two and zero easy. We come back. Uh, I think we got Buffalo. Yep. That could that could be tough, but honestly, that's a real first test. Jack Del Rio dial up some blitzes. Uh, I think we can sneak that one. And then and then we got the division first division game Eagles. I'm saying 4-0, baby. I'm liking our squad. I don't know. You know what? Hey, we're going to put this guy on hold here. Patrick and Richmond, if the Commanders are 4-0, I'll make sure you get a Capital Alehouse gift card. I will make that happen. If the Commanders are 4-0, Patrick, you got to be fired up. That's That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, baby. And then then, let me just keep going down the schedule. We're going to Atlanta. And then we're going to New York. And then New England. And then we're Seattle. Then we're coming back to Washington. We're taking back the White House. Yo! Yo! <laughs> we're taking back the White House. Yo, Commanders, baby. All right. Good call, man. Hey, stay on hold. We'll get your information. If the Commanders are 4-0, you'll get a gift card. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. Here on a Wednesday, August 30th. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Hope you can get through your week here because we've got college football. Yeah, football season is back. Week one begins Saturday here on the home for the Hokies in Richmond, Virginia, with an 8 p.m. game as the Hokies host the Monarchs from Old Dominion. And every Wednesday at 1.30, we catch up with Bill Roth here on the Cowan Gates Hokies Update. Cowan Gage, huge supporters of Virginia Tech Athletics, and they love to sponsor Bill Roth and Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, they have done unbelievable work here in Richmond, one of the best law offices in Richmond. You can get in touch with them, 804-320-9100. Uh, they do corporate law, estate law, criminal defense, and more. It's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? We are so excited. It is game week in Blacksburg. I'm telling you, Adam, I was just driving around. There are already people here. Their tailgate isn't open, but the RV has arrived. Mm. So they are here on Wednesday afternoon for a Saturday night football game. How about that? I love that. So let's get right into it. I'm I'm wondering your take on Coach Ricky Ronnie's relationship with Coach Pry from their time working together at Penn State. Does that maybe change the way Coach Pry game plans for this or anything? Well, this was a big story last year. So for those that don't know, Ronnie was at Penn State as the offensive coordinator for all those years, and Coach Pry was on defense. And Coach Pry got the ODU job, and 
and then Coach, I'm sorry, Coach Ronnie got the ODU job. Coach Pry came to Tech, so everyone knows everyone. Uh, there's GAs from Penn State on both staffs. There's people in every aspect of each program that that know each other because they work together under James Franklin at Penn State. So that was an issue last year, and it doesn't impact the game planning, but it, it's been interesting. Those guys were so close as friends, and Coach Pry, when asked, we actually talked a little bit about it this week. You know, and he, he and Ricky aren't aren't they don't talk as much anymore because they're competing against each other. Tech and ODU are playing every year in football. They're recruiting against each other. So uh, their their relationship has changed uh, than I mean, obviously as it, compared to the way it used to be. Ollie Jennings played in this game last year, had a huge game. Now he'll be playing in it wearing Hokies colors. Have you spoken to him recently? How do you think he's feeling ahead of this game? I saw him about an hour ago. We actually talked about it. He's so excited. He uh, feels that I think everyone can understand, like once the game starts and you're playing, you're focused on your responsibility on each play. But coming into the game, it's going to be very unusual. He's going to be warming up on the tech side. And on the other side is going to be all the guys that he played with, his former teammates. And we're going to see that throughout our league this year, people playing against their former team. Hokey saw that last year. Doug Nestor, offensive lineman, started for West Virginia after playing here for three years. In several weeks, the Hokies will go to Marshall. Grant Wells will be the Hokies' starting quarterback after he started for Marshall for three seasons. So it's just a different obviously different era in college football where players play against their former team. Some of them are impactful guys. And I think the biggest, the the, the most notable national example of this this year is going to be when Sam Hartman plays Notre Dame against Wake Forest. Right. (laughs) I mean, here's one of the all time great players in Wake history. He will likely have his Jersey retired by Wake Forest. He will be playing for Notre Dame against Wake. It's just, it's just very, very weird. It's, it's, it's not like Tom Brady going back and playing against the Patriots because you see it more in pro sports, but we're seeing it on the college scene now. So we'll see that for Jennings this week for Tech. Yeah, you know, we'll also see that for uh, Brandon Armstrong now with NC State when he plays against UVA. It's the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies, and all Hokies games can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. You know, you mentioned Grant Wells, and most of the time in football, it really does come down to the play of the quarterback. It is the toughest position. What do you think Grant Wells needs to improve on most this season? Well, I hope everyone has a chance to listen to our Level 7 podcast, which you can find on Hokiesports.com or wherever you get your podcast, Level 7. Uh, Mike Burnup and I had a chance to visit for about a half hour with, with Grant, and, and we specifically asked him, if you are a different quarterback this year, why? And the most notable thing is he got married in May, so, so he's, he's, a, he's a husband slash quarterback, yeah. which is a little bit different. I think uh, Nick but, Gallo was like it, one of his uh, best men in the wedding. Yeah, they got married over in Charleston, West Virginia. In the in the show on Level Seven, he, we talk about his uh, the honeymoon in St. Lucia, what that was like. And <laughs> but I asked him, I said, "How are you different?" And he said, "The biggest thing is mental. That he and Tim, uh, or he and Tebow, not Tim Tebow, but our offensive coordinator who, who goes by Tebow, uh, they're on the same page. They spent a lot of time together this summer. The receivers met with the quarterbacks a lot. They threw and caught way more this summer." 
than last year. So they're very excited about the relationship. He thinks he's just mentally more ready to go in the fall of 23 as he was in the fall of 22. He says, my skill set is the same, but the way I'm approaching this season is different. I'm hoping it can be a successful season for Grant Wells, but I did find it very interesting that Coach Pry mentioned, and it was reported that Chiron Drones will see action every week. I mean, hopefully it's a blowout and the Hokies are up 40, but what kind of situations do you think we'll see Drones in? I, you know, I think that he, he'll play earlier than that. I think they want to see what he can do, and they want to see how teams defend him. Mm-hmm. And since he's come to Tech, Drones has not been live, meaning in practices, in spring ball, and then in the preseason, in, in regular practice and in scrimmages, he was wearing an orange jersey. So he's 6'2", 235 pounds, and he's fast. No one at Virginia Tech has ever tackled him because we don't hit live quarterbacks here. So I think he's going to be really hard to tackle, and we want to see what he can do. So I, I suspect it's not a blowout situation. I suspect you might see drones in the first quarter regardless of the score. Uh, Maybe may I don't know that, I, but they're not playing him. They're going to play him every week. But hold on, uh, to, hold on, Bill. See, if you if you see him in there in the first quarter, is that like two straight plays, or is that a whole drive? You think? No, I think he'll get a see. I think I don't know. I'm, what I'm saying is, is they want to give him action every week, regardless of the score. Yeah. Because it, it makes it's going to be hard to defend him. He's different than, than Wells. He's he is a 230 pound sprinter. <laughs> who has not been tackled since he was at Baylor. So you don't, you, you want to see how teams defend him. And he, like I said, we haven't tackled him yet because he's been in an orange Jersey. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It depends on how the game, and they're not, they're not telling, they're not going to say anything, but it would not surprise me to see drones. If the game is, and regardless of how well Grant's playing is my point. I think they may decide, and I'll, I'll talk with the coach on Friday because I don't think they know really just yet. Like, what series he may go in for a series, that type of thing. This is the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. The season begins Saturday night. You can check it out on ACC Network, the primetime game. Uh, But we encourage everyone to listen along on the radio right here on 910 The Fan. And with the season beginning this Saturday, I want you to kind of predict at the end of the season, whether it's successful or not, how many wins doesn't matter, what will we say was Virginia Tech's strongest position group at the end of the season? Whoa, that is a very good question. At this point, you would say receiver, but hopefully by the end of the year, you're talking about the line play because every Tech team that has been successful here has been really strong up front. So I would like to say if Virginia Tech has a really good season, and this is this is probably true with every college and NFL team. Like seriously, like even like the best NFL teams, if you have a if you had a good season, you probably a stayed healthy, and b got good line play. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every NFL team and every college team, and I bet like even people that are coaching in high school wish they had more offensive linemen. It's like baseball pitching. You can never have enough. And if you start losing offensive linemen during the course of a season, regardless of whether you're playing JV football or you're you're the New York Jets, it's going to be hard to protect your quarterback and run the ball 
if you don't have that consistency and, and consistent offensive line play. So that would be my thing. If, if the Hokies can stay healthy and get consistent line play, it can be a good season. I'm looking forward to it, Bill. Thanks, for, thanks so much, man. Love having you on the show. Talk with you all Saturday night at 6 o'clock right here on The Fan. Love it. That was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth on AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So there's a lot going on in the sports world, right? College football season began last week. Week zero, got week one this weekend. UVA will be in action Saturday. Early kickoff in Nashville against Tennessee. We've got Virginia Tech at home against ODU. Can be heard right here on 910, The Fan, with Bill Roth starting the pregame show at 6 p.m., leading up to an 8 p.m. kickoff. And then, of course, next week, all week long, we'll be talking NFL. So you don't really get much time for bits anymore on AWOD Radio now that football season has begun. But I did watch a good sports TV show yesterday, mockumentary type thing called Winning Time about the Lakers. That's the lead stories. We catch you up on anything you might have missed around the world of Hollywood and entertainment. Yes, the strike is still ongoing on Netflix. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so, Zach, you have HBO because you're watching Thrones. I finished. You finished Thrones? Yeah. Well, we might have to just throw out the outline and do Thrones talk now. Well, here, can I preface this? Because I crushed Game of Thrones yeah. so hard. You cr- no, so, so fast. Hold on. You started in August. Yes, and it's still August. <laughs> you I'm done ski. Eight seasons in 30 days? I think it's 73 episodes. Somebody get this guy a life. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And it was, this is all uh, in captivity, yeah. you know, on my laptop after I get the kids. Wait, on and a laptop? Not, not, not even on, on a big screen. screen. No. Not e- no. You no. need to rewatch Thrones. <laughs> I got what was going on. No, no. You didn't see the Battle of the Bastards in its full display. But I had good, I, I had uh, the uh, earbuds in there. Uh, the sound Were they Shinehizers? Come on now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was. It was good, you know, but here's the thing. I don't get to appreciate nothing soaks in because yeah. I was it wasn't week to week. I don't right. remember the names of the characters. Right. I don't remember where that person was from. Right. You know, some of the storyline because I skipped through the things at the end. It's like and you, the you bought in an, the beginning. Ex- an expensive bottle of wine and you just crushed I it. I chugged it. You yeah. chugged it. I did. Like a four hundred dollar bottle. I know. So I didn't really do it right, but I it's something it's been a chasm. In all my my streaming repertoire, yeah. right? I've seen everything else. <laughs> I've seen all of Netflix. And, and you here, keep saying that, but here, I, here it is. I doubt it. Fifty percent in Netflix. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I, anyway. Every time you say that, I picture you. You know how Netflix shows you that thing. Are you still watching? I picture their sign saying 
Zach, you have seen all of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Go do something. <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> it's that night, I promise. But um, no, so I didn't really get to appreciate probably uh, how great it was. But yeah. I thought it was was awesome. I don't want to spoil it, but it has been what five years since the finale. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And snow yeah. got done dirty, man. Well, well, so. Last time we talked about this, you were, like, upset because I didn't tell you that Jon Snow died. died yeah. See, that's the thing that you didn't get the juice, is that he died, and then he came back to life for you 12 hours later. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Probably literally. less. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so I he, thought it was sweet, so you tell me now. I immediately started So you think on... Jon Snow should have been on the throne, is what you're saying? Maybe not the throne, but, like, don't send him to the wall. Like, let him have some friends over. <laughs> let him have a, a woman. Right, yeah, you know? I know. Like well, he, he had his fun with the wildling. He can go out into the wild. He can do whatever he wants. Like he's, I don't think he should have been banished. You know, because because yeah. the the queen well, would have gone did, and burned everybody else. But up. he did kill her. Yeah, he's a murderer. Well, the dragon didn't murder him, so he's cool with the dragon. Yeah, that's what I thought might happen. So uh, the problem was is that, um, what's his name? George R. R. Martin, right? Yeah, he hasn't finished the last book yet so the two doofuses that wrote the season they don't know what they've got no source material yeah so that's why they need to redo season eight after the book drops with some new people that actually want to work on this job the problem was is the two guys the the d and d or whatever they had already gotten the star wars job so they had mm. you know they had one foot out the yeah, door there already tons of directors yeah. too I and they botched that. Like, Bran's story, the arc of Bran, it should have been so much better. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Him getting the throne. Right. You know what it's I didn't funny. see coming? It was the Starbucks cup. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that. You didn't even see No. That's, you watched too quick to even see the Starbucks cup. <laughs> I did. You M- But maybe they blurred it out. Maybe they blurred it out. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. The <laughs> Game I of Thrones in 30 days. <laughs> what, I think it's got an 8 or a 9.2 out of 10 on IMDb. So, that's I, I think that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, amazing characters. Yeah. So my whole take, though, was that it did peak end of, like, season six. And season seven's okay, but eight was just way too quick for me. Yeah. Well, there's nobody left. Now, I will say this, though. I literally got up out of my chair and screamed, like, anything is possible, like Kevin Garnett when you won a (laughs) championship, when Arya, Aya Stock, catches the knife. Great move. I mean, come on. She learned that bit earlier in the show. That was like the ultimate callback. What an assassin. And now she's just going to get lost out west. Yeah. All right. So What's now that you finished the show, Wars? do you think that Ned Stark was still alive throughout the entire show? Was he a faceless man? No. He got his head chopped Come off. Come on now. That'd his be the coolest theory. Off. Head off. Then how did he make sure that all his daughters stayed alive? And then Jon Snow and Br- his son, his crippled son, ends up on the throne? Well, we lost some Starks along the way. And we lost you know? all their wolves. But right? <laughs> that's like the justice of it all. You know, yeah. the poetic justice. They they stay around. Uh, uh, Winterfell stays independent, you know, and, and the Starks get to stay there. I think that works out pretty well. So so you know what? Now you have to watch House of House of Dragon. Which I started last night. No, you didn't. I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is <laughs> that right. worth it or no? You, you have stolen Netflix away from me today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted to talk winning time, the rise Let's of the Lakers dynasty. It. We still have a minute and a half. <laughs> Do we? Yes. I, it's it's hard to switch now. I'm thinking about dragons and boobs and witches. <laughs> boobs and dragons. Yeah. That's the name of the show. All right. It's, is Boobs and Dragons the House of Dragons show? Uh, yeah. Yeah. More of the same. Just more, more dragons. More of the same. Uh, there's more incest. You know, they they figured out that people liked that in Game of Thrones. Okay. What'd you think? You know what? 
I Screw th- it. I'm throwing out winning time. We'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. What did you think of uh, Jamie Lannister's death? Look, he had to go down with um, with the queen. Yeah. You know, he, he did make his amends to a degree, but they had to end up together. Yeah. And they still looked so pretty after being crushed by tons <laughs> of rocks. <laughs> like their faces weren't caved in or anything. I know. They still looked all right. I know. How about how about the um, the hot chick with the afro when they killed her? Oh, beheaded. Another yeah. beheading. Dude, <sighs> that's when you were like, this dragon queen's going to slay everyone. And that's now. why Danny burned. Yeah, because uh, that was her best down. friend. Yeah. For like five seasons. Yeah. And she uh, had a plan to to go with the captain of the uh, Unsullied. Yeah. yeah. Live out their days. With, I know. With, Even uh, though he didn't have a dong. <laughs> he, you know? he was dongless. You know who uh, is the character I will say that was was pretty decent in the seventh and eighth season was uh, the new Greyjoy. What was it? Euron? Right? Oh, he, I hated him. Yeah. Uh, everybody hated him. He was right. a bastard. Yeah. But he was like really good at that role. Not a bastard, no. technically. But he came over and was like, I'm going to marry you, Cersei. Yeah. And she gave in. <laughs> of course she did. Yeah. Because it was either him or her brother, you know? I uh, I like that Jamie hung on after he got stabbed <laughs> by that dude yep. a couple times, and, you know, he actually killed him, so well, that was I wonder, good. I want to know what would have happened if Jamie Lannister never lost his right hand, because he was the greatest swordsman of all time. He did pretty good with left. He did pretty good with his in, left. In the, uh, the major war. Yeah. You know, yeah. life and death. Yeah. He hung on. So do you have a favorite episode? Because a lot of people point to the red wet. You just watched it too quick. Too much. It's blurred together. You're, There's 75 you know, episodes. My goodness, man. All right. Yeah, do you have know. a favorite character? Um, For me, I will say it was Joffrey's first wife. Loved her. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Yes, With the yes, big eyes. Yes. Very big eyes. Yeah. She had big eyes, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked her. I, I liked the imp a lot. Even though he can't I mean, cry, he can't dink, summon the tears. The dink man is the man. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Peter he, Dinklage. He was a great character. And uh, Danny was... Really good, I thought too. She gave me goosebumps with some of her pre-war speeches. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she was good, but I think I mean the first season. You go back to the original Stark. I thought he was awesome. Ned he was Stark one of, was yeah. man. Yeah. No, that's it's, why the show is so good. Like John is you that know? you have the character development was I think it's the best of any series ever. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. You just you, so you I didn't know. really let the characters develop. You know, you just kind of no. Like, there was no simmering. As soon as you got to know one of them, they got killed. Yeah. yeah, that could easily go a year or two, but I'm that, I'm not that way now with streaming. I crush. So is your bit though? Because I have rewatched four times now, and I'm on my fifth. Uh, will you ever rewatch? Or are you done? No, I'm I'm out on rewatching. It's like relationships. If we're if we're done, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that. I have more to crush. All right, so House of Dragons. We can talk about that next week. I'm Adam, and winning time. Maybe we'll get to that one day. Sorry. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan.